I guess we should do this thing, huh? Fuck yeah, let's do this. All right. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Tip to Tip with Lou and Chris. My name is still Lou. And my name is Chris. That's Chris over there. <laughs> uh, this time without the mustache. The figurative mustache. Yeah, I'm going to bring it Do back. you have a mustache? I can't really tell what I'm looking at. I mean, the the color of your facial hair is the same color as your face, so... Yeah, I like it short. My wife likes it short, too. Listen... There's a joke there. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> Chris just admitted to having a small penis. In case I, you missed that. It's small. I'm sure it's not. I'm sure it's perfectly average. Perfectly adequate. Exactly. Um, yeah. So we're going to talk about another job. And uh, today <laughs> we're talking about... My 11th job, which was at a place called Day by Day Calendars. At least that's what I think it was called because I don't really remember. I don't. The, the name tag I have says Day by Day on it, so I'm assuming that's what the place was called. No journal entries? There probably were. I just haven't looked at them. I've got, I've got enough up here. I don't feel the need to go back. And honestly, I don't think I would have wrote. I wouldn't have written down, like, I got a job at Day by Day Calendars today. I would have been like, hey, I applied at this place and they hired me. <laughs> um,. We're going to do the occupational breakdown here, so uh, coming at you with a, a little intro piece. <laughs> what, what did you just say? <laughs> it was what I, it I was. Think, I think you said breakdown, but there was more syllables in there than <laughs> I was expecting. Um, yeah. So, day-by-day <laughs> day calendars was my 11th job. My position held was associate slash... Ugh. associate slash key holder. Although I don't really know what my position was, and I'll explain why that is in a moment. Uh, I made six bucks an hour there, so a little bit of a backslide on the hourly wage from my last job. But I think that minimum wage is probably in that vicinity, or maybe a little less than that. Um, it probably wasn't more than that, because <laughs> that would be illegal. <laughs> uh, and I worked there for about six weeks. I, I don't remember the exact amount of time, but it was in that vicinity. Uh, and again, in a minute, I'll explain why I, I know basically how long I worked there. That was your occupational breakdown. Break it down! <laughs> what i was waiting for are you saying break it down <laughs> break it down yeah that's good that's good i like that that's funny where, where uh, was day by day calendars so day by day calendars was in sunny van nuys california oh so we moved to california we did we made the move we uh you know what actually it might have been sherman oaks california which is right next to van nuys so that's not really important but i don't want to lie uh, I try not to lie on this podcast <laughs> or any podcast, but specifically this podcast. Um, yeah. So like I said in my last episode, which if you are not listening to them in order, this is going to get confusing. But in the last episode, I 
told you about how I was getting ready to move to California with my girlfriend at the time, her cousin and her cousin's fiance. And so we packed up the fucking van. Van it was like a moving truck, like one of those box trucks. Yeah. And a car, and we drove across country. I'm going to talk about this this trip just because it there's a, a a moment that I think is pretty funny, obnoxious, kind of terrible. It's very it's it's in my memory very solidly, and I think probably. it's worth telling you about because I don't know if I have told you about it. I probably have, but we're going to refresh your memory. So there was we a drove, daisy chain by the campfire. There was a daisy chain by the campfire, and <laughs> my ex girlfriend's uh, cousin was the perfect partner. <laughs> That'd be weird. No, uh, we we drove across country. It was a it was their car, and then the moving truck because Jacqueline Jacqueline had a car. My girlfriend at the time had a car, but she I think it was in her uncle's name or something like that, and he decided to sell it. So right before we moved, he just up and decided to sell her car. Some some bullshit like that. And so it was kind of it wasn't a great car anyway. It wasn't like a a, a nice car. It was just the car. But so her cousin and her cousin's fiance had their car and then we had the moving truck and we would take turns pretty much. This is very chauvinistic, but pretty much the dudes drove. So I, whoever, whatever dude was in the moving truck would drive the moving truck and then vice versa, the car. Uh, so I drove the moving truck a bunch and I don't remember ever driving the car actually. Now I'm thinking about it. Maybe I'm, I'm stupid and not what I'm talking about, but I know I drove the moving truck a bunch. I remember pretty well. We did it over the course of, I think two days. I, I only remember stopping once to sleep. That's pretty like, good, right? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, in a future episode, I'll talk about the drive back, which I did in one drive without sleeping. Oh. So, yeah, we'll talk about that then. But that was a, an epic journey. This one less epic, but we stopped, I think, maybe Texas, like Amarillo, Texas, if that area. But uh, have you done a cross-country drive like that ever? No, dude. No? Okay. So this was my first, like, cross-country drive. I'd done, like, road trips, you know, around some of the neighboring states to Illinois. And as a kid, I drove with my dad and stepmom and sister from Cape Cod, Massachusetts, to uh, Irvine, California, which is in Southern California. But it was, like, over the course of four or five days, and it, we were driving a fucking station wagon or something, and I, I was a kid. I remember it, but I don't remember it as, like, an epic trip. It was just, like, motels. and I have memories from it, but, yeah, not, it's a long not the same drive. as when you're driving. Huh? It's a long fucking drive. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Chicago to L.A., um, it's probably about 40-hour-ish altogether drive, so I think we probably did, like, you know... 20 and 20 or 15 and 28 or something like that but we drove it it was epic there's a chance we stopped twice maybe my memory's faulty there but i only remember stopping once because i don't remember sleeping in a hotel once on that trip but i have a couple of different road trip memories of that actual trip like from chicago to california and they sort of blend in my mind so who knows really one thing I do remember really well, so I'm, we've joked about Geography the Podcast on this show a bunch, and it's a joke, but at the same time, I have a weird fetish for maps. Um, I love 
looking at maps. Google Earth is like porn to me. You're fucking obsessed, uh, dude. I just love I love it. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because I feel like God looking down on the world. But I just love I just love it. I always have. So actually, at this let me time, st- let me stop yeah, really quick. I'll fucking no, I'll stop. All right. Fucking <laughs> I stopped. Dude. We, we looked Christy and I, my wife and I, we were on Google Earth and we were like, I want to see what our apartment looks like. And you could see her old car has a fucking boot on it in front of our apartment. <laughs> <laughs> like right, the old apartment or the current one? The current. That's funny. I've looked at that that Google Earth, the the uh, street view. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've looked at it a bunch. When, when you first told me where you lived, I looked at it because I want to see. And so I'm going to look again and see that fucking boot. Yeah, do it. Yeah, right. I, think it, I think the street view of our apartment has our old car in the carport. Um for sh- I'm pretty sure I remember seeing that before but yeah it's good times I, I love uh, technology's taken my fetish to a whole new level but back in these days it was fucking Rand McNally's and Thomas Guides and paper maps and when I decided that I was going to move to California with my girlfriend at the time I gotta not say it that way that sounds silly I just don't like saying my girlfriend you know it makes just me say feel Jacqueline gross. That also feels weird because, you know, we, we don't talk anymore. So I feel like I'm calling her out and, you know, live on the mic. I'm still going to do it. Fuck it. So <laughs> <laughs> she can she can sue me. I'm not saying her last name. But, uh, yeah, I, I bought a Rand McNally, like, thick-ass street. Basically, it was a book full of maps of the Los Angeles and that whole greater area. And I would just look at that thing all the time. I remember finding the apartment that, that I'd never seen the apartment before, and I'd never been to the Valley before. I, I, my experience with Los Angeles is very, very limited before this point. I grew up in Orange County in Irvine, which is about you know 50 miles south of Los Angeles. And I had moved away to Chicago when I was 12. So by the time I was 12, I hadn't had really any cause to go to Los Angeles. You know, I, I didn't drive. I didn't have friends who drove. I spent all my time, you know, essentially in like a two city radius of where I grew up. And so I never experienced California beyond like a trip to San Diego when I was a kid and a trip to San Francisco when I was a kid. But my parents never once took me to L.A. in my memory ever. So it's weird. I lived 50 miles away from L.A., never went there once until I moved back at 19. And how so, many years did you live there, like, from birth? Um, so, like, like I told you before, I was born in Texas. I lived in Mexico City for, I think, a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And then when I was in the vicinity of, like, three, I believe, we moved to Irvine. And then I lived in Irvine from that age until 12. So... Yeah. So you didn't do shit <laughs> for years. I mean, yeah, I mean, we went to the beach and stuff. We did things in Orange County, you know. Okay. Like, yeah. Everything we we needed to do was around there. But yeah, we never went to up to L.A. We went out to Riverside where my grandma lived, and up to Long Beach where my aunt lived at one point. But yeah, I don't have. I didn't have any L.A. memories. I didn't have any L.A. I didn't have a working knowledge of L.A. I didn't even know the geography of L.A. Really. Um, and when we were moving there, I was like, okay, I want to get to know it a little bit. And I love maps. I bought that fucking Rand McNally uh, Atlas fucking thing that had everything. And yeah, I found the street where our apartment was going to be. I kind of understood where everything was in relation to it, each other. You know, the problem is, again, before Google Earth, I could see on the map like colors 
would show you the topography, but they didn't really you know, give you a sense of where mountains were, where the elevation was. So like, okay, I see this dot right here is Beverly Hills in relation to this dot right here, which is Van Nuys. This dot right here is Los Angeles, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but I took in enough landmarks because uh, when we were driving, so this is also before the age of cell phones. So we're driving in the, the moving truck, me and Jacqueline, and her cousin and her cousin's fiance, Dave and Sandy, are driving the car. And for the most part, we'd stay within view of each other. You know what? Okay, I just remembered before when I said the guys drove, the way it was was when the guys drove, they drove the moving truck. When the girls drove, they drove the car. So I would like sleep in the car while Jacqueline was driving. And then okay. Dave would be driving the movie truck while Sandy slept in the moving truck. And then yeah. we'd switch and I'd drive the moving truck while Jacqueline slept in the moving truck. And then Sandy would drive the car while Dave slept in the car. Does that make <laughs> sense? So super chauvinistic. It's not different really from my point earlier, which is what the men drove the truck and the women drove the car. Right. <laughs> and I don't know if that was like by design or requested or we were just being like swinging our dicks around like lassos. I don't really remember. But that's how it was. Hey, I'm so, going to stop yeah. you really quick because I just want to make a point. Make it. Because I think it's really cool you grew up in a time, I mean, your generations, I mean, we're in the same generation, but you're just like a couple hairs in front of me. And I just think your experience is really cool compared to mine. Like, yeah, if you took my cell phone and everyone who was born, you know, after me, we'd be fucked. The yeah. experience of opening a fucking map, and I, I just think that's really cool. And just how people forever before us did that. You know, you couldn't go anywhere unless you did that. Yeah, what's funny is that young people now haven't developed the skills that would be necessary if, like, everything broke down. So if, like, an apocalypse kind of happened and there was no more electricity and no more technology, people my age would be able to kind of figure it out because we've done it before people my stepson's age are shit out of luck you know they've never looked at a map that didn't have an exact turn-by-turn -turn guide to where you're going right um and that's not this i love technology i'm i'm an old guy that loves technology i love new shit i always get new shit i just yeah there is something about having and it's funny i think about when I was in high school and shit, making plans with people and like you didn't, you had to make plans like, Oh, we're going to meet at this place. And then you'd go there and you'd hope they showed up. I remember when we got pagers, it was like game changing. Cause I was yeah. like, Oh, you could just fucking page me and let me know. Like, like we page each other with uh, codes, you know, like just to let them know like what's going on. We had, we all had like kind of a, an internal code book. So right. if this came through, we'd know what it meant, you know? Um, the cool thing too was our pagers had uh, voicemails so you'd call my pager and you could leave a number or you could leave a voicemail and then I could call in and get your voicemail so you could call my pager and say hey we're running a little late we're going to be at the movies at this time instead and then I'd call my voicemail and hear your message so even though we didn't have cell phones I could we could still kind of contact each other that way that was game changing when I was like 16 but yeah, it's it was a different world, man. Like trying to chart a, cr a course across country using like paper maps was a, an interesting experience if you were bad at geography. <laughs> you know, 
Um, I, th- I think at some point my wife and I will do a trip like that, and I'm going to attempt. Just paper maps? Good luck. Can you yeah. even buy a paper map anymore? Yeah, I'm sure you could. Like Go to a fucking truck stop. I feel like they're there. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, I, I, I know that. Well, so this is this became very this is apropos to this story. Yeah. And what happened was so I'm driving the truck, Jacqueline's in the passenger seat, Dave and Sandy are in the car, they're in front of us, and we're at this point we're driving into LA. So we're coming uh west on the you know, ten or whatever, we're coming through like um Rancho Cucamonga and West Covina and some of the like outlying cities uh east of LA. And at this point, I know, okay, I just stay on this, and then once I get to the the five, I'm going to go north. And, and then at that point, like, Dave had the map in the car. We only had one map <laughs> with, like, the actual directions to, you know what I mean? So yeah. I don't know. It was, it was an oversight, right? Like, we just didn't imagine we would get separated. There was no reason for us to get separated the person in the car was supposed to essentially make sure they stayed by the truck. Cause it was a lot harder to, if we, if I got stuck in traffic in the truck, yeah, it's hard for me to catch you. If you're in the car, it's like very easy for you to keep sight of, of the big ass yellow moving truck. So it was the person in the car's responsibility to, to stick with the person in the truck. So we're in LA County now and we're driving into LA and we're like going kind of through the through downtown i think we we took the 10 to the 110 kind of a thing yeah um but i remember we were going through downtown and we're going through like it was a very uh urban area lots of cars lots of people lots of buildings lots of cement lost view of dave and sandy at at this point point, they're ahead of me and i'm starting to get nervous like why is this motherfucker not slowing like because we're in kind of bumper to bumperish traffic and it's moving a bit but then there would be like a a a stop and we'd be like bumper to bumper for 10 minutes and then it would it would like loosen up a little bit and but he was getting further and further away and i could see him and then suddenly i'm like he's fucking far like where is why isn't he and i'm like where's the map and jacqueline's like oh fuck i'm like oh my god we don't even have a map and so i'm like okay i i remember the street address i remember the cross streets of the apartment and i'm like in my mental rolodex i'm figuring out okay i know it's north of ventura boulevard so if i if i get on ventura boulevard and i go north on van nuys and i get to kitridge it's at the corner of van nuys and kitridge i knew that's where the apartment was and jacqueline had only been to this fucking place once so it wasn't like i could count on her to remember a turn by turn directions or anything all i could count on her for was if we got in front of the apartment building i'd be like is that it and she'd be like yes <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> so they they they're gone at a certain point he just he bails and i don't i don't know if he just like spaced out or he got excited because we're in la or what but he saw a fucking palm tree and a seagull and he took off what the fuck and yeah so i was like in the moving truck confused as shit um i get off on in the vicinity because i i found my way to van nuys boulevard and I'm like, okay, I need to go north. And I, in my brain, and this is where I fucked up bad. I I, I was doing really well, but I fucked up bad. And oh, here's why no. earlier when I mentioned topography, I thought Ventura Boulevard was on the south side of the mountains. It's actually on the north side of the mountains. 
But because I thought it was on the south side of the mountains, I thought we had to go over the hill to get to the valley from Ventura Boulevard. So on Ventura Boulevard, I'm like, okay, well, I need to get over the hill. So I got like took Laurel Canyon over the hill and it's a fucking steep, windy road in the moving truck and the moving truck's doing like eight miles an hour over this fucking hill. And it's a long, it's not like a real short little jaunt over it. You know, it's like a pretty significant little drive over the hill. And at this point I start needing to pee. And so I'm driving the movie truck. I need to take a leak. I'm kind of pissed off. I'm not pissed at Jacqueline, but I'm sort of taking it out on her a little bit because I'm like, fuck, you, you're like, I'm driving, you know, like, like I'm driving. You should be paying attention to this other stuff. Like, where's the map or, but whatever. But really it's, it's, it's unfounded anger. And I'm just pissed at the world. Cause I'm like, fuck, we don't have a cell phone. We have no way to call them. If we can't find this apartment, I don't really know what we're going to do. Right. Um, I didn't remember the address of the apartment. I just remember the cross streets. Um, we could at some point talk to somebody and get directions, but I'm a little bit shy. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't like talking to strangers that much. So I need to pee. And at a certain point I'm driving back and forth. We went over the hill. Now we're on uh, Hollywood Boulevard. Now we're on Sunset Boulevard. Yeah, it's exciting. Sunset Boulevard. We're in fucking Hollywood. Basically, I got to piss so bad. My bath, my back teeth are swimming. And I remember pulling over like three times and nobody would let me use the bathroom. Are you like, serious? The, the restaurants and like McDonald's, unless I bought something, they wouldn't let me use the restaurant. And we didn't have any fucking money. We didn't have any extra money. So let me let me ask you really quick. With your, mm-hmm. you know, Lou 2019 versus Lou, what year was this? 1995. <laughs> I, was oh. ni- I was 19. Okay, so where you are now in your story... How far are you from the apartment? Where I am right now is in Hollywood. If I just went back over the hill. Yeah. It's it's probably about a 20 minute drive from okay. where I was to the apartment. But because I was mixed up and I thought that I thought Ventura was on the south side of the hill, I was convinced that the apartment was on the north side of the hill. So I was flipped around and I was convinced that the apartment was on the side of the hill we were on, but it wasn't right? right. So we're basically driving. I was looking for Van Nuys Boulevard off of sunset, which doesn't exist. <laughs> right. So we're driving, we drive down sunset until I was like, I, it, it can't be this far. So we right. turn around drive back and it can't be this far. You know, we drove back and forth down this road, like a couple times. And the whole time I'm like doing the PP dance real bad at this point, it's been like two hours since we lost track of Dave and Sandy and I've needed to pee for an hour and a half of it. And then finally I was like, you know what? Maybe I'm an idiot. And I finally just in my, something clicked. I'm like, I think Ventura is on the North side. And so we drove back over the hill, <laughs> the same route we came, we went back and then we got to Ventura and then I drove down till I found Van Nuys Boulevard and I took a right and I drove down Van Nuys Boulevard and, uh, and then Jacqueline's like, this is starting to look familiar. And I'm like, oh fuck. And I'm like, I'm, I'm now in internally absorbing the nutrients from my urine because <laughs> I'm just like, fuck it. I'm just going to, I'm just going to go ahead and get kidney stones. We're going to get this, we're going to get to this apartment, but Finally, we found Kitridge, and I turned right, and fuck, like, a block away, and there's the apartment. I parked in front, I went upstairs, I took the most epic piss I've ever taken in my life. It was the worst I've ever had to pee in my life, and at 43, that's still true. (laughs) That was the worst I ever had to pee. It was awful. Um, 
And then we unloaded the moving truck all in like one go. And then I literally just fell asleep on a mattress with no sheets on it in the room. Like just bunk, dead. And then I woke up and I didn't know what the fu- where I was, what day it was. It was still light out. And I didn't know if it was the next day or the same day. It's one of those experiences. Yeah. And then like within that, that, I think that first or second day, there was an earthquake. It was pretty small, but I remember the, the doors on the closet rattling and I was like, what is a big truck driving by outside? And then it, it kept going. I was like, oh, that's an earthquake. <laughs> I'm experiencing an earthquake. That's cool. I had experienced earthquakes as a kid, like growing up in, you know, in Orange County and stuff. I remember a couple different ones. So said in the crib wasn't my once. first one. Huh? In the crib. Yeah, the crib was the first one. That's my first memory. I also have another memory of an earthquake where I was sleeping over at my, friend's, my friend Rye's house. I was probably like 10, 10 or 11. And I was asleep and the fucking earthquake happened. I woke up, rolled out of bed. I was wearing tidy whities I ran and got in the door jam, which is what at the time they told you to do. I don't think they say to do that anymore. But at the time you stand in the doorway because it's supposed to be like a more secure area. And in the hallway across, kind of in the dim light of morning, his mom was standing there and we we're just looking at each other and I'm wearing tidy whities Did you <laughs> have I a just, boner? I don't remember that, but I remember like <laughs> just waiting for the fucking earthquake to stop. And then as soon as it stopped, we just turned around and went back to our <laughs> respective rooms. It was such an awkward moment, though, as a kid. Not, not even a word spoken? No, no, not even a word spoken. That's fucking weird. That's even yeah. weirder. You know, she was like kind of attractive, too. I remember like as a kid, I remember thinking his mom was kind of attractive. She was like a young mom, one of those yeah. kind of things. Um, but yeah, it was a little awkward. So earthquake memories. But anyway, we're going to get to day-by-day calendars, I swear to God. (laughs) Um, So, moved into this fucking place and immediately started looking for jobs. And it was was basically like we had one car, so we'd all go together to the mall. And then we'd spend the whole, like, day getting applications, filling applications, turning in applications. And we did that for three or four days, probably. Um... I had a very weird memory from this period of time. We were at the Galleria in Sherman Oaks, which is where they filmed. Do you remember? Do you ever see Fast Times at Ridgemont High? Yeah. So you know the movie theater that the, the main character works in? Yes. Like the red red blazes and shit? That mall that that movie theater was in was the Sherman Oaks Galleria, which they since like torn down and rebuilt to a different mall. It's like okay. an outdoorsy kind of mall. It's still there. It's just not the same mall at all. It's completely different. But at the time it was the same, but it was one of those, it was like Randhurst, like in the later days where like there was like more empty stores than open stores. Yeah. You know, it was one of those. But I remember we're applying for jobs in there. We're all sitting on like a bench, like filling out applications on our, you know, on our notebooks and this older couple comes up. Well, the guy's older, the woman's younger. Guy's like gray haired, has a beret, seems like a weirdo a little bit. Very cool. But he's like, yeah, but he's like, are you are you youngsters looking for jobs? Kind of a thing. And you know, we're like, yeah, we're we just moved here from from Illinois, and we're we're looking for jobs. And he he basically owned this this company that had stores in various malls that sold sheepskin covers for things like rugs and toilet seat covers and car seat covers and like basically just sheep sheep fur or sheep wool or whatever yeah, like yeah. but it was like his whole business and he he would essentially oh I just use essentially again fuck I gotta stop <laughs> using that, that stupid word but he would hire people to he basically hire couples like like male female couples 
to run these stores and they you know bes- between the two of them they would cover both ends of the shifts yeah and they were seasonal jobs so they'd open for a couple months at a time and then they'd bail and he was like yeah you know like you guys might be perfect for it like i'd like you guys to come over to the house and we could you know tell you more about the job and if you want to check out we have a store open right now in uh the third street promenade in santa monica but and he was like yeah if you take the if you want to take the job there's like a two-week kind of retreat that we do in palm string springs where you come out to palm springs and we like get to know each other and you know we go swimming and, blah, blah, blah. and the whole time i'm like this guy wants to fuck yeah like, this is this is this is the most weird california shit ever this is like such a cliche this man what's happening here wants to fuck me yeah and his and his wife who's got a french accent and she's like maybe 20 years younger than him but she's still older than us the whole thing was fucking, and he drove like a like a little convertible Maserati kind of thing, or it was just very weird. And we were all like kind of interested, like we need jobs, and it, it sounds kind of interesting, but also I think there we might have to fend off a, a, an old pervert. And we, I remember we went back to the apartment and we were really like had like a, a like a house meeting about it, like <laughs> should we? Because we can't. It was basically like we all have to do it because we don't have cars so we need to do it as a four-way or it's not gonna work out right and we i remember being like let's fucking do it i'm down let's see what happens but i i got outvoted in my memory yeah there's a chance that it's completely opposite and i was like there's no way i'm going to that guy's palm spring abode but my memory is that i want to do it whatever the case we didn't do that uh we never saw that through we did go and look at the store and it was there and it was full of fucking sheepskin but is, is yeah, this going to be in a screenplay? I mean, it, it certainly could be. It's it's weird enough, you know. Maybe it's, would you? It's perfect. Are, are you? <laughs> should I fucking find a way? Yeah. All right. Because it could All go right. a few different ways. So you could go there, and it could be like, hey, uh, why don't you stay here? Like, <laughs> I gotta put some lotion on this skin. <laughs> Maybe put on those cowboy boots for me. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It was it was weird. You know, it's funny too. I've never been to Palm Springs. It would have been my one chance to go to Palm Springs, <laughs> but yeah, we didn't do that. Um, another memory I have, early, and again, we're gonna get to day by day. But I think that this is interesting because it was my first experience living in California as an adult, and it'll inform a lot about me in the future. Yeah, I remember waiting in the car. I was sitting in the back seat of the car. The car was running because it was hot, so the air conditioning was on. And I think me and Jacqueline were in the back seat and dave and sandy were in a bank like cashing a check or doing something like that and a guy came up to the window and he's like hey are you guys you guys from out of town we're like yeah he's like you don't want to be sitting in a car like this this is how you get carjacked like someone (laughs) will get in your car and drive it away with you in the back seat (laughs) like (laughs) i was like oh yeah okay i forgot we're in la crips and bloods and all that yeah it was very like okay well thank you good samaritan for not carjacking us and instead warning us um yeah, I remember I remember that. Uh but yeah, um I think Sandy was actually the first one to get a job. So there was another mall that was actually closer called the Fashion Square. I think it, it is Sherman Oaks cuz it's called the Sherman Oaks Fashion Square. It's about 3 miles I think away from our apartment, basically straight south, um a little bit east of where we lived, but it was like towards the good part essentially fuck goddamn essentially basically uh, <laughs> the way the way the valley is the closer you get to the hills so the more south you get the nicer it gets right um 
so the mall was towards the hill from us. Van Nuys at the time, it's not nearly like this now. It's still not the best, but there's better parts. But at the time, Van Nuys was sort of right at the beginning of an upswing. But if you went two blocks north, it would be a good place to buy cocaine on the street. Like, mm. it was not a good area. The next city north of that, like Panorama City, was a, a shithole. Like, really, really dingy. Again, this is 95, so things are a little different now. Although I think that area still sucks because I've driven through it a bunch uh since living here yeah but yeah i mean the area wasn't nice it was a little it was shady um the apartment was really nice the building was nice it had a pool it was very secure it was very clean it was pretty new it seemed new um a lot of actors lived there like starting out actors nobody anybody would have heard of but um but yeah it was not it was not a good area like to walk in but walk it i did a lot anyway shirtless yeah i think huh <laughs> shirtless shirtless um no probably not we're not time. there yet no i wasn't in quite good enough shape for the shirtless walks okay but uh yeah i think sandy got a job at a shoe store at like nine west which is kind of upscale shoe store for women in in the fashion square and then jacqueline got a job at suncoast video in nice. the fashion square and then I think she got an, like another job, like a part time, two part time jobs. She got another job at the body shop in the fashion square. And then I got a job at day by day calendars in the fashion square. Now, what this was, was one of those kiosks in the middle between you know stores. They set the whole thing up. That's very, very common now. Back then, it was not as common. I hadn't seen a lot of that in malls. Um, a little bit like the pager place, you know, in Randhurst. Yeah. But yeah, it was basically just like calendars. You know, you, you had like four or five racks of calendars and there was only one empl- employee at a time. So you'd be completely alone. You were responsible for unlocking everything and pulling everything out, setting it up and then counting your drawer down and then, you know, working your shift and at the end of your shift you're responsible for counting down your drawer and then locking everything back up and then you drop the keys off at walden books who was i don't know if they owned that company or if they were just connected somehow but my manager was the manager of walden books basically so yeah i got that job it was i don't know if it was full-time but it was enough i could pay my portion of the rent on it the walks were pretty epic. I remember getting off work at like 10 and then having to walk home occasionally. So walking at like 10, 30, 11, you know, for 45 minutes or an hour Holy up shit. into like the shittier part of town. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I was kind of a, a brazen youth and ready to tangle. So I, I wasn't really ever like worried about it. But I have memories of walking like to or from that job and... I remember I have this memory of walking down Hazleton Avenue and looking at the hills and you could see like in the distance, the basically the backside of the Hollywood Hills, the valley side with all the twinkly lights of all the fucking multimillion dollar houses and everything. And it was like at 19, it was such a inspiring feeling. The air is crisp and cool. It's California in, you know, October, um, November maybe. But yeah, it was like, it felt really good even though I was doing a shitty job and I didn't know what my next step was going to be at all. Um, yeah, it was, it was fucking inspiring and it felt like anything was possible, you know, like that feeling, which I'm be honest with you. I kind of chased that feeling in life, even though 
like nothing's worked out to the degree that I would hope it had at this point, you know, and there's still time. I'm not dead yet, but that feeling of like anything's possible. I've gone through seven, eight year periods without that feeling. It sucks. That fucking feeling is the best. And I remember every moment I've had that feeling and how good that fucking feeling feels. And I've never had that feeling more often than when I've lived here. Yeah. Which again, we t- you talked about it very early on in these shows. Like, since you've known me, like LA has always been my sort of spot. The where I where I want it's that's the reason why it's not. The weather's awesome. There's lots of things about it that are that's that's cool. But it's that fucking feeling. I I get that feeling here in a way I've never gotten it anywhere else I've lived. So you know whatever that means. But yeah, day by day, um, let's fucking talk about it. <laughs> The job itself is pretty unremarkable. <laughs> Fucking selling calendars to people. There was no sales quotas. I didn't have to upsell shit. I basically just, if a customer walked up and asked me a question, I'd answer it politely. And if they wanted to buy a calendar, I'd sell them a calendar. Um, nothing more to it than that. At this point, I I, I hadn't like committed to I want to act, but I was sort of playing with the idea of like, you know, acting seems fun. I I had like one brief stint in high school where I tried out for a play and I got the lead and then I ended up not doing the play. <laughs> and that was my one foray into acting before this point. And I don't know that I had the confidence required to really give it like my full uh, attention or whatever. But yeah, I remember I was reading a lot of autobiographies or biographies of the time Um actors and stuff and just being like sort of getting interested and trying to think like well do I want to like take acting classes do I want to do this and at the time uh Dave had Dave and Jacqueline had joined well they were planning on going to a casting agency to join to be extras which if you're moving from Illinois and you don't know shit that's like sounds pretty fucking like oh that's cool you can do that that's a thing now it sounds silly it's not a thing i mean it's not a big deal at all like anybody could do it it's it's even it was even easier later than this and now it's actually a little harder but it's still pretty easy what kind but of pay to do something like it's that? fucking the way that extra work pays it's a daily wage it's not like hourly yeah so at that time it would be like 50 bucks a day you know 60 bucks a day it probably would even out to about minimum wage okay but you get your checks based on days. And so they were planning on, and this is this is going to be another episode. I'm going to talk about extra work I've done because it counts as jobs because I filled out tax forms and shit. But I haven't decided if I'm going to split up all the different extra work I've done into episodes or if I'm going to just talk about extra work all in one episode. So we can talk about that off mic and decide on that later. But cool. yeah, they, uh, they were going to join this extra casting agency. And so uh, we all end up doing that together. And, and that kind of started that, that whole journey, um, you know, whatever. But besides that, I was also starting to write. Um, I had been journaling for a while and I had been getting more into the idea of screenwriting. I had, you know, read some, some books on screenplay writing and screen for screenplay formatting and everything. And so I had started working on my first screenplay at this point. And this fucking job day by day calendars was awesome because I would have like seven customers a shift. So I'd sit there for fucking seven hours on a little stool with a little desk that had a register on it, but also had an open space for my notebook. 
and I could write all day and then have to stop every like 45 minutes to sell someone a calendar. But I could sit there for hours. And I remember sitting there and writing, like listening to people's conversations that were sitting on benches near me and like writing down what they were saying because some of it was fucking fascinating, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, that's like, that was where I first started writing, writing. And I also wrote a bunch of lyrics working at that job, like, because I was still writing songs. I was still playing guitar. I still wanted to start a band that was... Um, that was still something I really wanted to do. So I was sort of compiling material while working that job, you know? Um, but yeah, it was fucking easy. Uh, counting down the register was easy. There was, there was another employee that worked the opposite shift to me and he was an idiot and he would fuck up all the time. And he made me look like a genius. Yeah. Like the manager was like, I wish this other, I can't remember his name, but she was like, I wish this fucking guy was like another you. Cause I, I keep having to like fix his mistakes and I was like sorry so I ended up closing a lot because she trusted me to close the register properly yeah um which meant I did a lot of walking at night but uh yeah, I didn't really mind it um let's see what I got else? a question there was oh yeah go ahead so you're in California how did you and Aaron leave it Aaron went back to college he had uh he had done a year at college and then during the summer we had tried to start this band and had the band worked out, he would have taken a sabbatical from college. He basically would have just taken a year off and saw, you know, see where it went. But when I decided to move to California, he was like, okay. And there's a chance that he decided to go back to college. And that was part of why I decided to go to California. I don't remember the exact order of it, but those two things were certainly connected. He ended up going back to college and we were, we didn't leave it like weird or anything. It was fine. He was like, well, not this time, maybe in the, in the future, you know? Cool. Um, yeah, and obviously in future episodes we'll talk about that again because, you know, there will be a next time. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it, it was left like that. Essentially, I cut ties. I, you know, I, I left. Um, I didn't talk to – I didn't even tell Dan I moved because we weren't talking. It was still part of the hiatus. The hiatus. So, yeah, I, I didn't really talk to him. Um, Shane knew I was moving, but he was he was away at college too. Um, I think he – you know what? So are we, ta- we were talking in, earlier about – where he was or maybe last episode but he was in i think he lived in dekalb during the summer between his college semesters i think that's why he wasn't around i don't really remember but yeah, yeah no, nothing nothing was left weird with anybody i just kind of was like oh, i'm gonna go do this now and i left you know and it's interesting because again we've talked about it there was no cell phones internet wasn't really a thing yet no, we didn't even have a computer so there was no emails going back and forth there was no facebook or myspace or friendster or anything like that fucking friendster <laughs> but uh but yeah no i it was like i moved to california and then i would write physical letters to my friends and they would write me back and at one point when i was living in van nuys shane and his girlfriend jen at the time they came out to visit yeah. and stayed with us for a couple of days and hung out and it was interesting but yeah um yeah i have a memory of so the the, the calendar kiosk was underneath like the meeting point of two escalators up above it was like in a little alcove under there and i remember some kids spitting on me it didn't hit me but it landed right next to me from the top of the escalator and i remember like like getting up real quick and like seeing them and they ran and i i fucking ran up the escalator and i was chasing them down the like i was gonna kick their fucking asses and they were probably like 
fucking 15 or 14. Like, yeah. it probably would have been ridiculous for me to kick their asses. But I was like, you know, fucking spit on me. Like, you just earned the right to get your ass kicked. Right. And I remember ch- I was chasing them and somebody in a, like, working in a store nearby. I remember, like, I ran by the store and then behind, my, behind me I heard, run, Forrest, run. <laughs> and immediately I was like, oh, I, now I don't even want to kick anyone's ass. I just got, I just got burned. <laughs> I was like, I'm I'm now doubly the butt of the joke. That was one of those moments where I like looked around to see how many cute girls saw it, you know? Like, man, so embarrassing. <laughs> Walk back to my area and I was like, all right, I'm not gonna sit directly under that. I'm gonna kinda make sure I'm shielded from above now, now that I know that that, that might be a thing. Yeah. Never saw those kids again. But man, there was a lot of hot girls in in I mean, you know, LA it's kind of a cliche that's you know attractive women but like fuck at 19 in 95 moving from illinois from the suburbs to like where people were like where fucking 15 year old girls are dressed like 25 year old models and shit it was just bizarre there was so many hot chicks and occasional celebrity sightings that was the first moment of that for me like i remember we saw cuba cuba gooding jr in that mall and Jacqueline like got an autograph and it was a whole thing and do you ever watch Night Court? No. It was a a sitcom from the 80s but there was an actress named Marky Post that was that played like one of the lawyers on it and I watched it as a kid I liked it. I one time I saw Marty uh, Marky Post or whatever name is yelling at her kids (laughs) and I remember being like wow LA's weird. (laughs) I also saw, we've talked about in the Kins episode, my uh, my obsession with pornography. Yeah. I saw one of like the premier uh, directors slash actors of the 80s and early 90s, this guy Joey Silvera. I saw him walking through the mall and he looked like, he was like walking in a daze. I was like, oh, <laughs> he doesn't look mind. good. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was very, very weird. Um, cool environment to be in at 19. Very trippy. But... Yeah, I, uh, kind of the final thing, well, so I remember there was a, basically right across from my kiosk, there was another kiosk that sold designer boxer shorts, and there was this redhead girl that worked at that place, that it was, she was like the bane of my existence. She was kind of cute, she was definitely cute enough that had her personality been serviceable, I probably would have, uh, you know, talked to her a little bit more. Yeah. But she was awful like all of her stories were drug and drunk and sloppy disgusting and just not appealing at all and she would constantly talk to me so like i told you i would be writing lyrics or working on a screenplay or whatever and then i would like hear this voice coming up from behind me like what are you doing (laughs) kind of thing and i was just like oh this fucking chick won't leave me alone and I, she would like tell me a story and I'd say something super rude as a response, like kind of snarky, yeah. but like any normal person would be like, oh, this guy doesn't like me. And maybe a normal person would be like, well, fuck you too, buddy. And then walk away and never talk to me again. She was just like, ha, you're so funny. And then she'd keep telling me these fucking stories. I couldn't shake this chick. It was so irritating. Yuck. Um, yeah, that was, that was the worst part of that job. I think was that chick, but, uh, so we've talked about it before a little bit that, you know, I don't, I'm not a good looking guy. I'm okay looking. I've got my moments. The times in my life where I had abs, I was definitely quite a bit better looking. And then obviously having a sense of humor and shit like that always helps. But just 
I'm not one of those guys where girls walk up to you and try to talk to you. It just does not happen to me. Yeah. Um, it's happened a few times in my life and every time it's happened, it's been very noteworthy, but it's rare. And it's funny cause I've been friends with guys who girls just approach in a mall. I've, I've seen it and I, fuck, it's kind of cool, but it's just not my experience. So there was a pottery barn like right across from the, the calendar kiosk. And there was a girl that worked at the Pottery Barn, this really, really cute LeBlanc chick. I was super attracted to her. She was like one of those, you know, during my day, I'd see if she was working. We'd kind of make eyes at each other. I, In my brain, I'm like, kind of seems like she's looking at me, but it's probably like a reflection in the glass. Like she's looking at herself in the in the glass, you know, <laughs> kind of a thing. Like I didn't really imagine she she was looking at me. Um, my, my wife will tell you that as I got older, my confidence got higher. And we've jo- I've joked about it before, like, you know, chicks vibing me and shit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I didn't really feel that way. But, yeah, I would see her pretty regularly. She'd be, like, putting together displays in the window or, you know, just whatever. And then I'd see her walk by to go on her lunch break. And, and then at some point when she walked by, she said hi to me. And I was like, well, she didn't say hi to her, her reflection in the glass. That's for sure. <laughs> she said hi to me. <laughs> and then later that same shift, when I like saw her through the glass, she was looking at me and she smiled. And I was like, either she's smiling at herself in a weird, creepy way, or she's she's definitely smiling at me. Fast forward like a day or two. And so we talked about it a bit on a previous episode, but uh, I was in an open relationship at this point. And uh, it was not off limits for me to meet a girl. And whatever happens, happens. Um, and so, you know, that shit becomes a little more interesting or challenging when you are living with your girlfriend. Um, especially if you don't meet somebody who's down for, you know, like a little threesome action or whatever. So whether or not it would ever would go anywhere, like sometimes things like that would go somewhere and usually they wouldn't, but yeah, I was like, okay, well this chick smiled at me. That's pretty cool. She's very attractive. Um, I don't know, maybe a day or two after that smiling, saying hi incident. I would see her occasionally with this girl who looked a little older and like they'd leave together, go on break or something. But that girl didn't work at the Pottery Barn. She'd like come and visit. At some point while I was closing the the calendar kiosk, I was counting the register down. This girl, the older one, came up to me and she's like, hi. And I'm like, hi, person I've never seen really before maybe once or twice but I know like I know she's this either friends with this other girl who I think is really cute or whatever she's like you know oh what's your name and I you know said my name was Lou and she introduced herself and I don't remember her name but she was like so my sister really thinks you're like thinks you're really cute and she's she's too shy to talk to you and I was like okay I'm like is your sister the blonde girl that's working in the pottery barn and she's like yeah I was like okay she's like her name's uh Niche, and you should talk to her. And I was like, okay, well, I probably will. <laughs> and then she's like, good. And then she left. I was like, thanks for talking. And she bailed. And then I was like, oh shit. Like now I gotta, I gotta like, like I gotta really, this is the soul searching moment because I, like I said before, I'm kind of shy. I'm not great at talking to girls I don't know. I'm great at talking to, like if I just met you in a, in an organic way, like at work or through friends or something, I'm great at that. I'm not shy at all in that situation, but 
when there's no reason to talk to you except for I'm attracted to you, I get super clammy, right? Like my fucking lo- my lips start to get tight. <laughs> All the like bullshit, like physiological things that happen start happening. I my personality goes away. It stops being what it is and it's just very challenging. And I've done it. There's been times I've have we talked about this? Have you ever walked up to a girl that you didn't know at all be, because you thought she was attractive and like introduced yourself, went through went through that? Have you ever done that? Yeah. Can you give me a little more? <laughs> Care to elaborate, motherfucker? I, I mean, like when I was younger and hanging out with you guys, like, and when I was like reading the game for the first time. Oh boy! You know, you like, just evoked the game. <laughs> yeah, I would do it, and some sometimes it would like start to go somewhere but like i never got a number or anything like that yeah do you remember any specific ones i'm just i'm looking for a a situational like where you were what what made you do it at that moment Uh, you know i've had so many openings for it and like yeah you know just like you were saying a couple episodes ago like you know, you and Dan are at Omega and you're making eyes with this girl and you're like, it's a for sure thing, but you just fucking don't do it because you're a pussy about it. Yeah. You know, I've, I've so, had a lot of that. So then my second part is, have you ever, I think you already answered this, but I want to just make sure. Have you ever met a girl based purely on the fact that you think she's attractive? There's no other reason for you to talk to her. And then that's turned into a physical relationship. No. Okay. So I've had that happen a couple times. Um, very, very few. Never had a one-night stand in my life. Don't know what that's like. Um, not really that interested in it, to be honest. Uh, obviously, I didn't come up in a time where Tinder was a thing when I was single. Yeah. So I don't really know what my situation would be like had that been a thing. Because something like Tinder sort of takes away that initial weird... You know, you're doing this digital thing, and then by the time you guys are actually in a room together they've already decided that they're at least interested in being in a room with you you know yeah but without that initial moment like you're in a room with somebody that they haven't necessarily decided they want to be in a room with you Mm -hmm. so yeah i've had i actually my second no second or third girlfriend in my life when i was a 15 i met at great america six flags great america and (laughs) she was just a it was her and another girl they were cute we saw them we were kind of like across you know like it was towards the end of the day we were getting ready to leave and we saw them just hanging out and we're like cute girls we should go talk to them and i don't think i was the instigator i think i was like okay well if you guys want to talk to them i'll walk over there with you and then within the second of standing there i i could tell one of the girls was fancying me yeah this girl sandy and so as soon as I felt that, like, oh, she's chosen me out of the three of the of the three guys here, then I was like, okay, let's talk. And I remember getting her number. I actually got her number on a dollar because I didn't have any papers, so she wrote it on a dollar bill. And we ended up dating for a couple of months. Um, that was the first time I ever talked to a girl just out of the blue like that. Um, which, it's weird because the first time I did it, I was successful, but it didn't make me not fucking scared shitless of doing it, you know? <laughs> right. So anyway, I'm sitting here counting the registers down, thinking, oh, man, if I don't... Like, at this point, nobody knows this happened but me, right? But you know me well enough now, and this has been the case since I'm fucking a teenager. I'm gonna tell people, even right. if it goes terrible, and I don't... You know, I'm not... 
I don't really try to save face or avoid looking stupid because I think if it's funny, it's worth telling, even if it makes me look like dumb. Like if I shit my pants, I'm going to tell you about it because it's hilarious, even though it's probably going to make some people not want to hang out with me anymore. (laughs) It's the same way. So I'm like, I'm going to tell people about whatever happens here. Like my friends are going to know. So are they going to hear about the time that a cute girl through her sister made it clear she was interested and then I just couldn't pull the trigger because I'm such a bitch? Or am I going to man up? Now, obviously, any normal, well-adjusted dude doesn't even have these conversations in his head. He's just like, oh, pretty girl likes me. Hi, I'm whoever. Right? Like, like there's most men are just like, oh, you like me? Okay, here I am. I, g- give me your phone number. Let's hang out. And then, like, within 10 minutes of hanging out, like, can, I'm going to kiss you now. Like, guys don't put that much thought into it, but I way overthink things. And this was no exception, so I spent the next 20 minutes dissecting every, like, cool come on, like, every kind of cool hey, you know, nice to meet you, anything I could think. How am I going to do this and not be awkward? Is she going to walk out of the pottery barn and make a beeline towards me? Is she going to quickly walk away from me, hoping I won't talk to her because she's freaked out? I really had no idea what to expect, and I was killing myself trying to anticipate. (laughs) When she finally came out of the fucking pottery barn, I was in such a, like, a mess internally that I was just like, hi, I'm Lou. Like, I really just had no, no game, no any, I was just like, mm. you didn't even like, nigger. <laughs> no, I didn't tell her that, you know, that, that her hair, ma- that hair makes her look short or something. I don't know what, what a good neg would be, but yeah, I didn't use any of the wonderful strategies that, you know, the seduction arts taught us, but, yep. uh, <laughs> no, uh, I definitely like blurted out, hi, I'm Lou. And then she smiled and I think probably tried to hold in a laugh. And then she walked over and, you know, said, oh, I'm, I'm uh, Nishé, which was a weird name. And I was like, oh, how do you spell that? N-I-C-H-E with an apostrophe over the E kind of a thing. And, yeah. and I was like, at that point, I was like, I have no idea what to say. I'm like, so do you, do you like working at the Pottery Barn? <laughs> you know, and it was just like so bad. But she was sweet. She was really su- And she was even cuter talking to her. She had a really nice smile. She was very, I don't know. She was a really, really attractive girl. But. We chatted for a little bit. Um, I think I was not charming at all. I asked if I could get her number. She said yes. I wrote her number down. Um, pocketed the number. She left with a smile. And then I was like, fucking, I skipped home, I think. I was just like, not even because like she was so cute. Just like, oh, man, I just did the thing, you know, the yeah. thing that's horribly hard and Hell scary. Yeah. And I'm bad at it. And my confidence sucks. And I'm a little fat kid with a gap between all this stuff. I was just like, whoop de doo Um, this is where the story gets kind of weird. Uh, so I don't know when, within a day or two, I call her, we, we chat on the phone. She's very nice. She's 17. She lives with her parents and her sister. She's from Canada, which is started my love affair with Canadian women. Cause I just I love Canadian women. I don't know what it is. They just <laughs> something about that little, the little touch of French just really does it for me. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, she, she was nice. I'm going to be honest, there was not a lot of chemistry on those phone calls. She she seemed, she wasn't a fully formed person, for sure. And we can play the, like, oh, she's 17, I'm 19. Like, of course, she's a child. But at 19, I I met 25-year-olds who weren't fully formed people yeah, who were stupid yeah. or whatever. And, then, and I also met 16 or 17-year-olds who were, who were 
well thought and had ideas and were interesting and like yeah they'd have that much life experience but 19 versus 17 is not that big a difference it's not she was many many years younger than me in terms of like life experience and and having ideas and being curious about the world and you know it just i could feel that it was going to be a hard like what it would have been is me forcing it like me being like, well, I'm really attracted to this girl. So even though I don't think there's chemistry here, I want to see what she looks like naked. So I'm just going to like do all the things I need. I could have made it. I'm sure I could have made whatever happen. You're going to destroy but, her. Yeah. I just could feel that I wasn't, it wasn't going to feel good. And for whatever reason, I, you know, I don't always make the right choice. I haven't always made the right choice in situations like that. In this situation, I made the right choice and I didn't like go further with it. But and this is where it gets interesting. This opened up a weird Pandora's box because uh, my girlfriend's cousin and fiance who lived with us were, uh, we were friendly. I, I liked them. I specifically, I liked Dave a lot. The, the guy, the cousin, he was like really funny, really interesting. He was probably like 25 or something. He was older. Um, I, he just, he was a really, really good dude and we got along well. But he was definitely more traditional, and also my girlfriend was his cousin, and he started he started to see things that he didn't understand, in in like my behavior or whatever. Long story short, he told my girlfriend's mom that I was cheating on her, Ugh. or that he suspected I was cheating on her, something like that, right? right. And then her mom called her to, like, basically tell her that she needs to, like, ditch the zero and get with a hero and she can do better and I'm a scumbag. I mean, you know, all that kind of stuff. And putting putting my girlfriend in that weird position of, like, do I tell my mom we're in an open relationship and make things really awkward right now? Or do I, do I, just, do I just smile and nod and say, okay, mom, I'll take care of it just to get out of the conversation? Like, it caused a, like, really unnecessary drama. Which, you know, I should have saw it fucking coming. You know, I'm smarter than that. But it didn't even occur to me that, like, that was going to... Like, this plus this was going to equal this, you know? Right. It was fucked up. And it definitely caused... It caused some drama. And then also it caused him not to like me. And even after it was sort of made clear to him that our relationship was not his relationship and that... He, he didn't necessarily know the in, intimate details nor does he want to but that I wasn't doing anything that she didn't a know about b approve of you know whatever um it didn't matter like from that point on he did not really like me Ugh. and it so it was like okay this guy who I liked and we got along really well now is being kind of awkward and avoiding eye contact and clearly just doesn't doesn't like me doesn't think i'm good for his cousin things you know like everybody else they always think that the fucking guy manipulated the girl into like being in this situation and whether or not that's true because i'm sure it's true often and it may have even been true to a degree in that case you know like whatever it's not he may he just felt how he felt about it and it sucked and it was definitely the beginning of the end of that living arrangement but whatever the case uh that is pretty much all i have for day by day calendars i used to hang out in that mall and like so my girlfriend would be working and i would just walk to the mall 
like in the morning with her or something or I take a ride with her to the mall and I just sit in the food court and write all day while she was working and I'd take her lunch break with her and then I'd write until she was off and then we'd leave together like just to be out in the world and like writing scene ideas and trying to come up with stuff and yeah it was was a very it was a weird time in my life it was very isolating I spent a lot of alone time during that period but yeah that's kind of my memories from that 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 time and that job sounds like a really cool experience though yeah I mean the moving somewhere new and kind of that just the whole thing was yeah it was it was a cool experience I don't know it would have been a cooler experience if it had ended with like and success <laughs> and then I started a band and then I made a movie you know whatever it would have, that would have been cooler than and then I got a different job and moved to a different place and, yeah. but the life's journey is what it is and you just have to kind of be on the journey you know which is definitely what I'm on would you drink any pee pee well okay so the pee pee scale for this job I I think I would give this job a six okay. I think it's a six I there was really nothing about it that was bad or unpleasant it wasn't fulfilling in any way um, I definitely wouldn't do it for free uh, mostly I worked alone so it wasn't like I had co-workers I enjoyed being around you know yeah in fact the one person I was around the most was probably that chick that worked at the boxer shorts place and she <laughs> sucked so but not an unpleasant job really easy really low impact essentially got paid to sit and write and check out you know girls in the mall so yeah I think it's a six better than a five not quite a seven I mean if that was in Illinois that would probably be rated a lot lower though right yeah I mean it's hard to just disconnect the whole yeah it's hard to disconnect the vibe the feeling you know yeah. If I had if I had gotten that job in a mall in Illinois, well, first of all, I would have seen people I knew all the fucking time. That's true. That's the thing that kind of sucks about like living in Illinois for me. And that's one of the things I really liked about all the other places I've lived is I never run into people from high school, you know? I I'm never it's not going to fucking happen. I I don't run into people even from old jobs I've had. Like you recently told me that you saw somebody from a previous job out in the world and it's like that does not happen to me and i don't want it to happen <laughs> yeah so just leave it there I, huh just leave it where it was yeah yeah i think i like i i think i liked the job more because it was in california and it was part of that like new experience i think without all that it probably still would have been like a four or a five because it was so low impact yeah that it just was like I basically got paid to hang out and babysit calendars, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I've had definitely way worse jobs. And I would have kept doing that job probably longer, but it was a seasonal job. So, yeah, we get to why the why I stopped working there. Um, it was only for the pre, like, right before Christmas, you know? So they opened the kiosk up. It would be open for about two months, like October or November part of December maybe the beginning of December and then they close it down because people aren't buying calendars anymore I guess I don't know but um, yeah so next time we're going to be talking about the first time I did extra work we're going to be talking about the time I was an extra on Seduced by Madness 
<laughs> it's going to be good. So uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode of Tip to Tip, and you'll be back to enjoy that episode next week. Thanks for coming, guys. See you guys then. Bye.